Okay, hello, and welcome back to the Gray Space Podcast. This is my podcast, and this is my girlfriend who's on my podcast, the Gray Space Podcast. So, today's video, I'm actually really, or today's podcast, I'm actually really excited about because it is the Lexi special. Because Lexi is a teacher, or she's, this is her first year of teaching. She's been doing TAing for like a few months, so she has the experience, but she's starting her actual working job and so that it's it's just very cool to hear about like the behind the scenes of teaching and so um we like wanted to make this episode and so now we're finally doing it and i'm looking down because i asked on my instagram i think yesterday or the day before if anybody had any questions for you know the behind the scenes of teaching and there are a lot of questions. A lot. So, um, if you want to give a little inter- introduction of like what you do yeah. while I find some questions. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna keep it pretty vague to start yes. because obviously confidentiality. But um, I work in special education. Um, I just finished my student teaching this spring, graduated in May, and jumped right into the deep end. Um, so I'll be teaching. Um, my own caseload of kids in the fall. So I'm really excited. I think that's basically it. Um, I did my student teaching in theater, and that's um, where I got my first certification, and then I got certified by exam for the subject of special ed. What made you want to go into teaching, and what keeps you in the field? That's a good one. Yeah, so growing up, I would say my teachers were my, like, basically entire support system. Um, I had not a whole lot of friends growing up, but it was kind of rough in school for me um, socially. And then I also kind of had a rough life at home. Um, And so it was really my teachers who saw the things in me that I did not, the like good things. So um, I would say it's probably the teachers that did so much for me that inspired me to go into teaching. Um, That and I love kids. I've worked with kids my whole life. Um, I nannied my way through college um, and student teaching, which was brutal, because if those of you who don't know, you don't get paid to student teach, but you're there the exact same time a teacher is for three months. So, um, but yeah, so that, and I love kids, and I I think taking care of them and advocating for them and giving them a space where um, there are adults trying to open doors for them is really important. So those are, that's why I teach, and that's why I stay in teaching is the kids. They make it so, so impossible for you to want to leave, so. That's nice. <laughs> I do have my own question because yeah. you, you know, you have your love of kids, which I know. But how did you? I don't know. The question isn't necessarily like how do you know that you love kids because like you just know when you love something. So I guess more on like the turning it into a job aspect. Mm-hmm. Did you ever want to do anything else, or was it always just like, well, this is what I like and what oh, I'm good at? Yeah, I didn't know I wanted to teach until college. So I, you know, I. I changed what I wanted to do a lot when I was younger. I was always a very high achiever, but I I was never very decisive. So I wanted to do psychology for a little while. And I thought about um, being, you know, in the FBI actually for a little while. My my mom works, you know, with, with, you know, different agencies. And so I thought about doing that. And 
I did theater for a really long time, so I thought about working in the nonprofit space and theater. I actually would still really love to do that um, maybe someday, but um, I took a teaching class as like an elective or a required course my freshman year and fell in love with it. And I've, fall, I've fallen more and more in love with it every day since then, so I'm really glad I, I switched over to doing that. So. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> this... I'm excited. Sorry, I didn't mean no, to cut good. you off. Um, I mean, this is right up your alley, and I, I actually told you this one already. Mm. I peeked at some of the questions already, and this one is a very good one. What's your personal experience with how neurodivergent kids are slash are not assisted? Because that's, that's like your job. Yeah, the, well, they threw me in the GT program. <laughs> yes. Um, so that was cool in that I got academically challenged, but it was uncool in the fact that I got no support socially. Um, so like I said, I struggled so hard in school, and I think... Um, one, we don't do a good enough job at recognizing which kids are not currently identified as needing extra support. Um, and so I think we, we could do a better job there. And I think a, a lot of people in special education who are there because we want to be um, are great advocates for the kiddos and do, you know, we think way outside the box to, to try to get our kids where they need to be. So whatever we have to do to get them where they want to go, that's what we're doing, but getting everybody on board for exactly what every kid needs is hard, mm -hmm. and not all teachers pay as close attention to those IEPs as we do, um, which can is you, disappointing. Can you explain what an IEP yes. is? <laughs> an IEP is an individualized education um, program, and so it's just basically a document that states this kid needs extra supports, where, what are they, so that kind of thing. Have you, that reminded me, or not reminded me, but made me think, have you, like, had an experience with a teacher where they were difficult with, like, accommodations either that you needed or that you have made for someone else? Yeah, I would say, well, I went through my entire schooling completely unidentified as, like, needing support, right? So anytime I would ask for accommodations, I was hit with the, oh, we know you can do better, which sucked. Mm. Um, so, and a lot of our kids are twice exceptional, which is what we call kids who are both GT and in the SPED program and who need extra support. It's super common for, for them to be both. Um, sorry, what I was did the notice again? Just if there were any teachers that oh. were, like... So, I don't yeah. know, difficult about it. Yeah, um, I have had friends complain about, you know, they have ADHD and they need um, extra time on a test. Like, their teacher will just be like, no, you'll take the test as written. Mm -hmm. um, extra time, like, turning things in. I know teachers can be real sticklers about, like, deadlines sometimes. Um, and then a lot about the, like, social supports. They don't typically understand needing to leave the room to, like, take a break and collect yourself and regulate properly. Um, so especially things like getting kids to like have breaks or like take time away from classwork, they really don't, they don't want to do that. And we want to make sure they're doing their classwork as much as possible, but we understand their need for that a lot better than some other teachers. Yeah, definitely makes sense. You've brought up the GT program twice now. Mm -hmm. Is that, do you find that there is like a, I guess like. GT, I don't know, <laughs> is it fucked up to say, like, the GT to SPED pipeline, or is there, no, like... No, no, I don't think that's weird at all. There's a huge overlap. Yeah. Like, huge. Interesting. Yeah, like, I, I, in my opinion, if a kid's in GT, you should be at least looking for the signs mm. that there could be possible other things going on, um, like autism or ADHD, um, especially, um, 
are pretty common in, in those kinds of kiddos. Yeah. 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 That does make sense. Yeah. This one is interesting. Have the don't say gay bills been affecting your teaching career as a queer person? Or do you um, think, if no, do you think they will? That, I added that last bit. I'm definitely nervous about it. I'm definitely really nervous about it and I keep what I talk about as far as my personal life goes to a minimum. Um, or at least to the kids and the other adults I know are safe places for those things. Um, because when, when you teach, it's it's not that it's foolproof to know which of your kids is likely also a part of the queer community, um, but you know you can you can kind of spot it or they'll they'll tell you and talk about it. So with those kids and with the other adults that I know are safe and comfortable, um, not so much. But definitely, I'm I'm conscious of it and I am definitely worried about how it will continue to possibly get worse yeah yeah i'm very curious about i mean are you like are you worried about like a parent finding out when they shouldn't i'm more worried about a kid asking a question about my personal life like they love to ask do you have a boyfriend like <laughs> especially when you're teaching middle school like they love that question it's so funny um but i don't have a boyfriend i have a girlfriend um Eventually, I'll have a wife. Thank so, God. You're talking about me, right? Of course. Yes. So, I don't want to lie to my students. I don't want to have to keep the truth from my students, especially when it's not harming them. And so, I'm, oh. okay, I'm, honey. I'm worried a student will ask a question, and I'll answer it in an honest and neutral way, and that, like, it will just be not okay that I talk about it. If that makes sense, like whether it be from a parent or another faculty, like somebody will be like, oh, she shouldn't be talking about this with the kids. Like, mm -hmm. it's fine that she is this way. Right. I'm not worried about them necessarily finding out that I have a girlfriend, but I'm worried about the policing of what I am and am not allowed to talk about and share with the kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously in a neutral and age appropriate way. Like, I can't stress <laughs> enough. Like. <laughs> Yeah, especially with fucking. I'm not all talking the stuff. details yeah. of my life with the kiddo, right? But if they ask, like, what did you do this weekend? And I went to the lake with my girlfriend, you know, <laughs> you know, you say those kinds of things, and people would say, oh, you know, went shopping with my husband, and and, and would, wouldn't fine. think another yeah. thing about it. Um, but for for me, it's something that I'm I'm conscious of. Would you recommend it as a career? I would say if you have the heart for teaching and the drive to do it, absolutely. I think that, you know... I think we need teachers that want to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, please, please, if that's you, <laughs> yes. If you're on the fence about it because of um, what you've heard about the profession and the pay of the profession, I will say I do understand that, and those things are probably not going to change very quickly or anytime soon. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, you don't really become a teacher for the pay, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of something that you, you just kind of are like, okay, this is part of it. And it, we just have to like, and move past it. So like, I don't live a super luxurious life. I'm kind of a, I live very small. So teaching for me is going to be fine salary. Like I'm not worried about it. Um, but other than that, I would recommend it. I think kids are wonderful and I think they teach you a lot all the time so yeah 
That's a that's a good like segue about kids teaching you because someone asked if they've ever made you cry. Oh my gosh, all the time, <laughs> good and bad. Um, oh my god, can I'm, you tell a good and a bad story? Uh, well, I've only cried once for a bad reason. I don't okay. know if I want to talk about that one. It's just that was. Can you whisper to me. Well, I told you about it. It was with. Um, Oh, you did tell me that. That was just yes, like yes, a yes. super intense situation, and I honestly don't really know if I want to get into yeah. that, like with the general wider public. For the most part, they don't make you cry for bad reasons. I, I do have one where it almost made me cry. Mm. Um, I had some kids steal something. I was substitute teaching. The art kids, yeah. yeah. I was substitute teaching last year at, when I was done with my student teaching. Um, last year. Last academic year. Last, oh, okay. Last, we, I, I was speak, like, that was like I speak in, in school years. <laughs> Last school year, um, when I was done with my student teaching, there were a few weeks left in the year, and districts always need substitute teachers. Um, if you're looking for a job and you're good with kids, also check that out. Maybe if you don't have a college degree and you're interested in teaching. Anyways, um, yeah, I was substitute teaching in an art class, and there's a supply closet with supplies and snacks, and I let kids go in there for supplies, and I noticed they come out with snacks. They were trying to hide, and I'm like, guys, like, why would you do this? And so, obviously, I pull them out, and I'm, like, having this conversation with them, and I realize I'm so upset by this. Like, I'm just so disappointed. Like, I wasn't angry. It's not my stuff, right? I was just, like, really genuinely disappointed in these kids. Like, I knew one or two of them from, like, my student teaching, and I was just really shocked and, like disappointed and I almost cried so I had to like Aww. try to calm myself down as I was talking to them because I knew like you can't you can't react and stuff like that yeah. you gotta stay as calm as possible so I just had to be like you can't do that that's stealing you get in big trouble for this please go put it back give me an apology and we will move on um, but that was that one and then the kids make me cry all the time for good reasons I did my student teaching in theater. I cried watching them perform their musical at the end of the year um, I cry at all the little nice notes that they give me um, I had one student write a full letter of like how much they appreciated having me as their student teacher and how they wish they were Still going to middle school so they could still have a music teacher and I cried at that um, But yeah, it's I cry all the time there. <laughs> I'm very emotional. Yes, you you are. <laughs> yeah. But they know that I care, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good that I I feel like they need to know that. I feel like I'm just like I don't wish you were my teacher cuz that's <laughs> weird cuz I'm in a relationship with you, but like I wish I had teachers like you. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. I would say to to have my student know that I care about them and see them as a person and that first and foremost is my number one priority like that is what I want them to know before they know anything else is that I'm a safe person for them and that I'm here to advocate for them and help them so hell yeah that's the goal um have you ever had to deal with an over-the-top parent luckily not yet um but I'm sure I will Especially in the department that I'm in, which for a good reason, I mean, a lot of my mm. kids do require extra attention, so their parents are very involved. Um, so I, I do hear that occasionally, especially in my department. We can get some intense parents, but I've only met really, really nice and involved parents so far, luckily. Any questions from kids that you couldn't answer for their own well-being? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um... I don't, 
think so. I think there's a way to answer most questions for your kids in an honest and age-appropriate way. So I don't, I don't think I personally have ever had anyone ask me something so out of pocket that I had to just be like, I'm not answering that. Mm. Um, sometimes it takes more, like, you know, when you're in middle school and you have kids like throwing out the word ghetto, right? Just like willy nilly, mm. explaining to them like what that means and how like what words are appropriate for the classroom and what words are not and what words can be harmful. Um, like it's a, a kind of uncomfortable conversation and and obviously you have to simplify stuff for certain age groups but but I don't think so that would be that would be intense I'm trying to think of something <laughs> someone could possibly ask yeah I don't know I remember that more like being a high school yeah. thing yeah. to be honest because like middle school I remember being more of like messing around with your fellow students versus in high school, you started to mess with your teachers. Not me personally, but like the people I observed as a kid in school, because I was like the, I just sat and watched. I didn't like do anything or have many friends or anything. Aww. But you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I, that was me too. Yeah. I know. I say that like I wasn't really honestly <laughs> bullied. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, babe, <laughs> I've been friends with you. <laughs> I don't old. know. Would we be friends in high school? Maybe. I was just hard. It was, I mean, even to this day, it's, like, still hard for me to get to know people. Yeah. Especially, like, back then, talking to, a like, a girl I liked. <laughs> I mean, it would be, like, whenever we first started dating versus worse. But, like, but like worse, not versus. I don't know. I was pretty bad. I don't think so. I think we were both definitely, at least Nervous. the first time we met, we were awkward. But yeah. I think our second date... I, I'm better now at, like, thinking of, like, things to, I don't know. Talk about. Yeah. yeah. I just don't like small talk. But I'm also, like, I can't, I don't know. I can't just randomly start talking to this girl about random things. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Ooh, what is it like being a young teacher working with more experienced teachers? I love it. Mm. Uh, I would say eight out of ten times they're going to be your best friend and biggest help oh if you can find an experienced teacher that you like and look up to and who's willing to like help you and talk to you about stuff they will be your biggest resource like i my mentor teachers during my student teacher program and i say teachers because i technically had one but there were two theater teachers that i worked with pretty closely and they were like legitimate angels to my life and just made my life a lot easier. Um, first year teaching is notoriously brutal and exhausting, and so I guess if, if they can help you, take all the help you can get. Um, but obviously there are some veteran teachers who um, are just like... Do they like look, are they ageist? No. <laughs> It's just it's just that they they have done what they do for a certain way for a very long time. Oh, that and, like you don't agree with it. And yeah, and oh. even if maybe especially I'm with kids who need accommodation. Mm. What's it? What's something a teacher's done that you were like, mm, don't like that? I don't know. I'm just I'm not a big fan of traditional testing. Mm. I don't love teachers who just lecture at their kids all day. Um, you know, especially for neurodivergent kids, like the lecture format specifically, 
Like I get that they'll like stand and talk about the PowerPoint thing and I think it's valuable sometimes. But for our kids who struggle with like attention or sitting still or like regulating when they're stationary, um, like, you know, they're, they're really big about the sit down, face forward, don't move. They don't, don't usually allow noise. fidgets. They don't yeah. let the kid get up and move around. Um, and so like, not only are they in an environment that's like really not comfortable for them, but they're not even like being allowed any flexibility within that environment. Um, and so that can kind of, can kind of be rough sometimes to kind of work out between me and that other teacher for the student, but yeah. yeah. So because you're in this, like, I don't know, specific position in teaching, are you ever going to have to, like, test your kids? And if yes, how would you do it? Um, so I probably will do testing. A lot of 504 and IEP kids, which is any kid who requires any kind of accommodation, um, do do, like, small group testing or, like, um, pull-out testing. So I'll likely do pull-out testing. We do have state tests we have to administer, and that's for everybody. Um, but they take them accommodated. So they'll either have, you know, small groups or they'll be allowed noise-canceling headphones or extra, like, supports like a calculator or a graph or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Word. I probably will have to test my kids. I'm not against a, a test, like, as, as a principal, but I just don't, I don't love, you know, teachers who don't give their students other chances to show what they know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I, we've talked about this a little bit before. Because you say that like every day is different and it's always changing, which is interesting because on the student side, everything feels and is like the exact same. Yeah. What makes it different? So for the students, right, they're experiencing from their point of view, yeah. which is they are dealing with like other students, right, but like as their friends. So like they deal with the same friends every day. They go to the same teachers every day. And we do see the same students every day, right? But we are dealing with a new student problem every day and we see tons of kids. So while I might not be thinking about the battery's gonna little die. Johnny this week, um, Sarah all of a sudden is like falling asleep at her desk. I'm making up these names. I don't, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's just kind of like there's always something new to address. If if that does if make that's sense. How I could put that. Yeah. yeah, and you mentioned before that like your lesson plans can change based on the day before. For sure, for sure. Yeah. If your kids are not getting something, you have to change and adjust so that they they do get it. That's so interesting because I feel like none of my teachers did that. Yeah, maybe I not. I should have. Maybe I should have been in sped. I also I have to change the camera battery. Okay. We're back. The footage, the, the battery has been changed. The camera has been adjusted. And now we are back. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, though, unfortunately. Okay, I think we can get a new question. I think, yeah. I, I was trying to remember. I'm pretty sure we had left off on a question. Oh, this is interesting because you've been overseas. What do you think the yeah. U.S. could learn from other countries in terms of education? Um... Okay, so disclaimer, this is going to be a lot of opinions um, in this section, so don't take anything I say as fact. This is what I've observed, what I've heard, um, and my personal opinion for what I think would be best for kids based on what I've observed. Anyways, um, I think there are a few things. One, I think that we start really early in the day, which I know is like something everybody says but it's true kids need a lot of sleep 
we're starting really early. They're tired. They're yeah. tired, guys. And I get it because I'm tired and I wake up really, really early. So Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, but I get there and I'm tired, so I get it. Um, so I think we should start later. Um, I also think we could do a better job of letting kids have more choice in school. I think um, a lot of things are designated for them. And I think as we introduce more technology and more jobs, forcing them into the path of academics alone, aka like into college, um, is not the most beneficial for all of our kids. So I think um, allowing them the choice to, and, and this is becoming more and more of a thing, but not all over in the U.S., um, but like vocational schools. So students who want to learn cosmetology or welding mm -hmm. or construction or because those are real and worthwhile and valuable important jobs yeah. that people need to do um yeah we had some programs like that at my high school yeah we had so, like a mechanic one and an aviation one that's awesome yeah or maybe not mechanic i think it was welding and aviation mm, that makes sense welding is big in the state where, yes where we where we are yes um so yeah, I think al allowing kids to, to do more choice and choosing if they're ready for that and they want to do that. Um, and then I think just in general, I don't know. I, I dislike that we push college so hard. And this is coming from someone who loved college, aced college, went to college by choice, thought about college since kindergarten. She's a genius. She got That's, into Stanford. Okay, well, but anyways. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, it's just not for everybody, and I, I think step number one is the U.S. acknowledging that the the value of our degree is is decreasing. Uh, yeah. And learning to address that. Um, the other big way is um, by better supporting our kids who are falling through the cracks, um, whether that be because of their socioeconomic status, um, like their free lunch programs in other countries. Um, kids are offered like breakfast, lunch, and a snack on their way out. Um, and it's not, you don't have to pay for that. Like kids should not be starving. Um, and then I think our language supports could be better. One in terms mm. of our kids learning other languages at a younger age. So those who come into this country knowing different languages aren't as isolated. And two of getting translators and teachers to kids who are trying to learn English. Um, but yeah. I think those are some those are some good places to start yeah do you think that you mentioned like you know children that like slip through the cracks or like don't get the support they need do you think that they know that you're like trying so hard for them like do you think they feel it i think it depends i wish that every student in the u.s could confidently say that they believe they had a teacher that was fighting for them or even like an adult that was fighting for them. But I know that the reality is that that is not true and that there are a lot of kids who would say that like, I don't feel like any of my teachers see me or care, um, which means somebody somewhere is not, not quite doing what they should be doing, right? Because, you know, if you do care about those kids and, and you operate like you do, they know. They know. Um, and they can tell when you don't. They can tell when it's just a job. So, I wish there were more kids who who could say like, yeah, somebody out there like cares about me. Somebody's yeah, fine. somebody's got my back. Yeah, makes me sad. Um, what is like a 
guess like a smaller known or like unknown struggle of being a teacher that like outsiders don't like wouldn't think i guess oh, um it's a lot of paperwork and and i know for my for my area specifically it's oh yeah true lot of paperwork oh my goodness and i like paperwork but i'm talking like hundreds of pages of documents on each kid um whether that's data from teachers or their iep which can be anywhere from like 8 to 22 pages long um you know you've got parent information it's just it's it's a it's a lot of like figuring out how to like organize yourself um yeah a lot of paperwork a lot of red tape a lot of bureaucracy so like Mm. if you need to buy anything like there's like 80 forms you have to fill out <clears throat> you have to go through like the chain of command um so it's not just about like teaching the kids right you have like all this other stuff that you're like you have to do so you have like all your training and all your yeah it's yeah do you get that's interesting would, would they make it difficult to buy things like for your classroom for the kids what do you what do you mean um well it's just that everything well the money has to come from somewhere right every dollar has to be accounted for and it has to be accounted for accurately so like just bureaucracy anyone who works in the business realm or like in like a like a white collar setting probably gets what i'm talking about but like there's a department for transportation and field trips and those are different so if you want to mm-hmm. go on a field trip you have to do the field trip form and also the food form and also the transportation form and the money for each and every one of those things is different so you have to fill out a money form for this and a money form for this and a money form for this and it has to be like exact and you have to know how much you're going to need before you go. And if you have to take a credit card, like, it's just a lot of keeping track of stuff and organizing information. So, yeah. And when you say paperwork, I don't know if this is, like, a dumb question. But do you mean, like, it is? it has to be done physically or is it, like, digital paperwork? Um, it depends on, on what where you are. So, for us, a lot of it is digital um, but a lot of it's, like, actual. Like, I have to go, like, give something to somebody mm. a lot of the times as well. So, it can be both digital or physical. Just yeah. a lot of, like, information. Well, good thing you got those pens. I know. And the highlighters. I know. I'm looking forward to getting my, uh, district-issued laptop. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know. I think that this is justifiable reasoning to get those freaking meditation pillows that we love at Earthbound. Because no. you're going to... We, I, we don't have a dining table. True. We have the coffee table. Yeah. I don't want you hunched over on the couch. And I know you're okay with sitting on the floor, but I want your butt to be comfy. Oh, yeah. So we should e- get those. Either that or, like, a bed desk. Like, one of those oh, ones with, yeah. like, the trays. Well, what would you prefer? I don't know. Maybe I get myself the bed, the bed tray. That way we can move around. Yeah. Wait, it, we can get, like, one of each? Is that it what you're also is, Yeah. It also is really interesting because there's stuff I'm not allowed to bring home. Like, legally, it cannot leave the campus. Like, what? Are you allowed to say? Um. Well, just, like, names of students. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have, like, a roster that has, like, their student ID and their name and, like, their email or whatever, like, I can't, like, I wouldn't want to bring that off campus because if it, You wouldn't if, want to or you couldn't? Uh... There's a few things that I know that we can't take. I, honestly, I think that's probably one of them. If it's got, like, any of their personal information on it. Interesting. Um, Is it just out of the fear of it getting lost? Well, it's for confidentiality, right? So we're responsible for maintaining their privacy. And if for whatever reason, like, that paper goes missing um, and mm. I had it, like, I'm in huge trouble now because that was not supposed to leave yeah. the campus. Um, so it helps that a lot of it's digital. Um 
that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but yeah, like I can take home grading. I'm like that would be fine. But there's a lot of stuff, especially with my kiddos, that I probably yes. cannot like even take off campus. So. Yeah. Damn. I'll try to bring it home as little as possible, honestly. If I can do it at school and leave home for home, I do because that's a big part of avoiding burnout. This is actually a sweet question. What are things you observe about your students that give you hope for the world? Oh. That's so cute. Some of them, I mean, honestly, all my kids give me hope for the world all the time. It's, I genuinely believe that if you want to change the way things are, you teach it different to the kids. You do it different for them, right? Because it's it's hard to change things like as you get older, right? But if you can show them the way and you can help them be the best version of humanity and <clears throat> themselves, it's awesome. Like just seeing a kid, you know, leave his spot, walk over to a stranger, another kid and who's, who he noticed was struggling and just like offer to help. Uh-huh. It's so tiny, like, stuff like that, but it's just, it's so, it just makes me so emotional. Um, I'm really big on social-emotional learning, on community values and empathy, um, so I try to give that to all of my kids. Um, but, yeah, just seeing the way that they, like, think, th seeing the way that they fight for each other and, and feel so strongly, um, about like justice and the world and like kindness and joy. Um, yeah, it just gives me a lot of hope and I try so hard like not to ever diminish or kill those parts of them because yeah, that's what gets them through school and that's what will give them, you know, all of their passions for the future, so. Cute. I love kids. I love kids. I know. I, be, I know. As I sit here and I'm like, I don't really want you though. Yeah, no, but you can still like them. Yeah. I have a spicy question. I don't know if it's spicy. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've talked a little bit about certain laws. Um, and we both know that there are things in our textbooks that aren't true. Mm. If you come across something like that, are you are you able to slash would you tell like the accurate history? Interesting. Uh, that is kind of a spicy question. <laughs> um... So, could save. Sorry, <laughs> I almost knocked over the camera. Um, well, yeah, that does happen. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff in our textbooks that's not not quite right. Yeah. Um, it depends on how big of a deal I think it is. So, if I know for a fact that the textbook says like. I'm just going to use the natives as an example. Cause I knew it. I had a question if you weren't going to bring it up. That's a classic one. Um, like, you know. For reference, she does not look it, but Lexi is half native. <laughs> but, um, but like, that we're, it's just so friendly and, like, we just loved Native Americans and, and, and we just, we, like, gently assimilated them into our culture, right? Um, and that's why we have, like, reservations is because we were trying to preserve their land, right? I might roll my eyes at that. Um, if a kid brings up the inaccuracy, all bets are off. I'm, I'm willing to talk about stuff once they bring it up. Mm. Um, because at that point, it's not, it's not me pushing things onto the kids. It's me answering their questions and facilitating their curiosity. Are you worried that's a slippery slope in this climate? No, because I'm very careful never to tell the kids things. Um, they okay. ask questions and I 
I, I don't know how to word this, but like, I guess like I help them get to their own conclusions. So I try to mostly ask questions. Um, so like if they would be like, miss, um, I heard that we actually fought with them a lot. I'd be like, does anyone else heard anything similar? Um, and then another kid might chime in. Oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Oh, can anyone Google? Like maybe is there an, another resource we could look at? Uh, find another factual resource. So then you could tell them about how to find um, a viable resource that's like credible. Um, and so I would find a way to kind of let them get there themselves. But that's my favorite is when they bring it up. Um, the other way that I like wouldn't really that I would kind of get around that is I would ignore it in the moment and let the textbook say what the textbook is going to say and then I would design a lesson that lets the students understand and explore a different version or a different viewpoint of that material so I might give them um, like an article written by a native about their great-great-grandma who told them about this time right and so rather than be like this is wrong I just try to present them with as many options as possible and and encourage their questioning mm. but yeah it, it can be kind of tricky um, because you don't want to lead them right you don't want to push your beliefs onto the kids and and you want them to be able to to think critically on their own so yeah. you do have to navigate it cautiously god it's so it's not appropriate to make an attack on titan joke right now but this is so <laughs> Irwin's dad coded are yeah, you kidding yeah. me I'm about to get careful, arrested babe. by the state like, yeah be careful hold off um, I'm going to combine two questions and okay. th they're more on a, a lighter note because we got a little spicy. Um, I'm going to combine these two because they're similar. What do your students think of your outfits oh. and how do you dress like businessy without being boring? Yeah, those are both really fun questions. I love fashion and teaching. Um, I was thinking about it today actually because I was looking around the room as we're doing like judging? teacher orientation. No, I was just like, I wonder what they think about what I'm wearing right now because I was mm. the only person in like ruffles or a skirt or like, you know, I mean, most people are in like pretty comfortable casual or like trucking around the stairs, right? Because we, you know, have something going on with the floors today. So we had to walk a lot. And I was in my like chunky heels and everyone was like <laughs> out of breath and I was like, but they're very comfortable. Um, okay, so one, when I'm getting dressed, I think about comfortability and like being able to move around without things happening I don't want to happen. Um, so especially because I'm working with sped kids, it's important that I can have my full range of motion. So mm. I want to make sure I'm covered up um properly enough so that means if i'm wearing a shorter skirt which normally that means like to my knees i'm still wearing shorts underneath um you know i'm not wearing anything that's low cut or really open um and then other than that i'm pretty modest um when i dress professionally it's it's cold in the building um and you know i i try to make sure i'm covered up but other than that i mean it's really okay to have fun. I layer a lot. I like really fun textures or patterns. Um, so I love a good like knit or crochet, mm. um, ruffles. I gotta do that more so I can make stuff for you. <laughs> I wanna make us sweaters, dude. That'd be really cute. I'll try it. That'd be fun like by Christmas. Project. That's what I wanna do. Well, I wanna I want us to have our fucking over. I did, did not mean to derail the conversation, no, but okay. I want us to have our oversized chunky knit sweater Rory Gilmore moment in the oh, fall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just started watching Gilmore Girls mm. um, with her. So, um, but yeah, I just and I like um, vintage stuff. So I look yes. at a lot of 
vintage like inspiration they were really good at being professional and businessy while still being like flamboyant and fun especially if you check out the 70s the 60s 70s and 80s mm-hmm. um they, they really loved their fun funky business attire um but yeah, yeah just, totally yeah yeah mixing and matching like fun and playful pieces with more traditional business pieces is also a really easy way to do that so i might pair like a long serious skirt with like a super funky top um to kind of like make sure those things and the kids love it they really do it's awesome i'm very grateful i originally was worried because most of my kids wear like you know t-shirts and shorts or leggings or some of them like to dress out and I always, I always notice and call them out for it when they do. I'm like, I see your outfit today, so cute. But, um, but they, they think it's funny. I, I get compliments on my outfits way more than I expect to from, from the younger ones. Aww. Um, I'm always surprised. And at, at the pieces they choose to compliment, too. Really? It, it's, it's always stuff you would never expect. I want expect. an example so bad. So, like... I was wearing this um, combination one time. We were having Pride Week, and so it was our day to like wear rainbow or whatever. And I paired like this tighter knitted, um, not knitted. It was like I don't know, maybe it is knit, like tank top, with like um, kind of like a Shakespearean shirt underneath. So I had like the fancy sleeves, and it it came out from under the bottom. Um, and it was like long, like it was like a longer shirt. Um, I don't know. I just really didn't expect them to like that combo with they. Have a picture of that? I don't know if I do. Oh, I wish you did. I do have pictures of some of my outfits, though. Mm. Um, but yeah, they always compliment me on the funniest things. The <laughs> things that I would just be like, they're going to think this is so weird. Um, they love it, which is always hilarious to me. I'm trying to find some good examples. I'm like, when does the summer start? <laughs> um... I've picked out our final two questions. Ooh, okay. We're doing, we're ending on like our, our positive one. Okay. Not that this one's negative, but it is just more of like a, a neutral question, mm-hmm. which is, um, do you feel bad when you have to give them like low scores when you're grading their stuff? Um, yes and no. Um, the Are answer there... to that, the answer is no, not really because... I don't give low scores unless I feel like a student is straight up not trying. And I don't feel bad for that. Um, Because I rarely ever feel like a kid is not trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I am always giving my kids the benefit of the doubt. If I think there is even a hint of a reason that they're not getting it, I'm not going to, like, punish them for that. Um, My kids will always have the chance to turn things in again and try again and I will just update their grade um they will always have the opportunity to ask for help to fix those things um so no because either they'll have the opportunity to make it better and I'm just giving them feedback um so it's not permanent or it's because they wrote I don't know 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 Mm -hmm. and when I asked them about it they just stared at me (laughs) and I'm like okay well (laughs) you know um so, so for that, maybe not. But, um, you know, if they really don't get something, that's that's different. Yeah. So. Word. I always feel a little bad. Because nobody ever likes seeing a 20. Like, even if they know that it's not permanent, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. It's okay, though. It's okay, though. Damn. Final question. Without giving away any details that you cannot, um, what are, what is one, what is one of your favorite or your favorite, like, memory from 
teaching slash student teaching. Oh my gosh. That's a hard one. So I had um, mostly older kids um, when I was teaching with my co-teacher. And I did my total teach, which is when I teach them all by myself. I come up with all of the lesson plans. I do all of everything. Basically, my mentor teacher could leave and the classroom should run as totally normal. Um, I did that for about a month at the end of my student teaching and I decided to do a class play with my students. Uh, And I picked my most challenging class (laughs) to do it with. Um, Why did you choose them? Because I I honestly don't know. (laughs) I think I wanted the challenge of like, if I can handle this, then like, I'm good. Um, but I also thought that like maybe, well, it, they wanted to do it. I asked them what, what they wanted to do for total teach and their first choice was to do their own show. Um, and did they have a show in mind? No. Mm. Um, because they were not going to be allowed to do it because they were such a challenge to work with. Oh. And I decided to just hope that it would... benefit our relationship enough for me to keep them and their attention oh i see i see so and it ended up being awesome like awesome so many of those kids like really put their professional little hats on for for this assignment and we're really getting into it and a lot of them like clearly had so much fun and I had little lighting designers and set designers oh and, my God, cute. and they all got to pick their own jobs and what they wanted to do and it was entirely student run I was just there to like help them make it happen um, and it was just so cool to see the end product and for them to be all excited and have their parents come to the school and watch and cute. for them to be like can we get the video my mom couldn't make it you know um even my some of my most challenging students by the end of it were like you know in it and focused and excited so that's awesome that was a big one and that's the thing you were doing when we first started dating right yes, yes. i was just finishing that up yes yeah i remember that well that was i think almost 50 minutes of just answering questions from a teacher um, I think it was interesting. I love this shit. I don't know. Sometimes she just gets like, cause like the zone. Yes. Well, Lexi is a very talkative person. That's not a negative thing. Um, and so sometimes she will just like start to like info dump about it, but it's so interesting to me cause it's, I don't know. You don't, I guess it makes sense that like someone that's not a teacher isn't like having these facts about teachers, but like, I don't know. It's just interesting. It is. It's different from the other side. Especially special education. Like, was not what I expected at all. Yeah. Um, But um, I'm glad it wasn't what I expected. Because I expected it to be worse than it was. And I'm glad it's not. Aww. But yeah. 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 Thanks for listening to me talk about my job. Because I love it. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode. Or watching this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Shout out to my girlfriend for coming on to the onto the podcast and okay thank you um like and comment and subscribe if you're like listening i don't know how that works maybe share it maybe be like aunt 
and Cindy. Check this out. Can we, yes, can you we, can. You can, can rate it on Spotify. Can we follow on Spotify? I believe so. Thing? Yes, yes. Well, then check it out there. Go do. Go shit. Go. Go hype us up over there. Bye. <laughs>